0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specialising in breast and body contouring. you wrong. Oh, there's a lag on Facebook. We're live on Facebook. So I think they are uh, correct. I think these are the questions for 6th of April 2021. But let's face it, no one's going to remember if they're a year old. And, oh, look, my big microphone's in shot. Let's get my big microphone out of shot. And also, um, I'm guessing that Tuesday in April 2020 wouldn't be the 6th. So, I think she's made a mistake with that. I think it's sixth grade. So, I think these are the right questions. But anyway, what the heck? If they're not, I thought I was going to have to come on and just say there's no questions and just wait for someone to ask a question. But um, mercifully, I've been spared that. And I am, I've got some questions. So, let's get into it. Come on, stop messing about. Right. First question here what it says is what's the difference in a cyst and a lipoma? Um, well, basically, um, cysts and lipomas a cyst and lipoma would be what we would call the differential diagnosis of a lump that's underneath the skin and uh so that would be differentiated from a lump that's that's on the skin a lump that's on the skin would be something like a mole or um uh, skin cancer or you know something something like that so um these these are lumps where the overlying skin looks normal so if the if the skin looks normal but there's a lump underneath the skin then a, a common differential diagnosis is a, is a lipoma or a cyst, and they can occur anywhere on the body. From your point of view as a patient, the difference is slightly academic. It doesn't really matter uh, because they're both benign. They both don't cause you any harm. The cyst behaves slightly differently in that a cyst can get infected and get inflamed and get bigger, and then it can burst and, and get smaller and disappear, and then it usually comes back again because the cyst wall's there. A cyst will often have a little hole called a punctum, A little hole uh, where it communicates with the skin, but not always. So, if there's a little punctum there, then it's more likely to be a cyst. Uh, And if it gets infected and gets bigger and inflamed, and certainly if stuff comes out, it's more likely to be a a cyst. A lipoma is a fatty lump, uh, normal fat, so nothing worrying about it, nothing cancerous or anything like that, normal fat, but just too much of it in one area. And if you're really interested in telling the difference, you can tell the difference because a cyst is attached to the skin whereas a lipoma is a a subcutaneous lump so it's underneath the skin and that can be one of the challenges with lipomas lipomas can be different sizes they can be uh, you can get quite large lipomas and lipomas it's hard to tell where they are as in how deep they are just by feeling them so you feel a lump but it might be quite deep and um, it doesn't matter quite so much in areas where you haven't got that far to go, like the scalp and things like that. You often get lipomas. Um, hands up. Hi, Wendy. Nice to see you. You also often get lipomas on on the, on the head and on the scalp. And, you know, there's not far to go, but they can be quite deep, even in the layers of the scalp. Um, whereas if you have it on your tummy or your buttock, being a classic uh, example, um, then they can be quite deep. So... Um, that can be a bit of an issue because it can be a bit more difficult to find them because you can sometimes have to go quite deep and if you are going deep on somewhere like the buttock um, or the abdomen you might be thinking oh do i need a general anesthetic for this rather than a local anesthetic and so if it is a lipoma there is sometimes an indication to do a scan to get an idea of the depth of it before having the uh, the uh, surgery and the extent of it, just so you know what you're setting yourself up for. Uh, whereas a cyst would always be just right underneath the skin. The cyst is right there underneath the skin. So um, they can both be removed. They're both relatively simple to remove, and they you can usually be removed under an O-local anaesthetic unless it's a large lipoma. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the difference between a cyst and a lipoma. Now... Um, recover comp russian oh, <laughs> compression sorry has sent of oh you've retracted it yeah sometimes i think if you press a button i'm not sure what it is but there's a button somewhere that it actually asks you to join and you can join we can do split screen oh joe molly's sophie and dolly's here um we can do split screen if you want to join and talk um but i think a lot of people ask that but don't mean it but um it is something that which we can do, and uh, if anyone does want to join from the comfort of their living room and ask a question, then that is a, a feature that's on Instagram. I don't, I don't know if you can do it on it. Facebook. Can you? Oh, hold on a minute. Amy's asked something. Amy, Amy Summerbonny. Hey, can you do a mummy makeover and arm lift at the same time? Oh, blimey, O'Reilly. Amy Summerbonny. Um, well, I think I might have said this last week. Can you? or should you so can you yeah you can you can do anything you know um but i think a mummy makeover and arm lift would be a lot to do at the same time it depends a little bit about what the mummy because there's mummy makeovers and there's mummy makeovers so you know some people will have a uh, who'll be quite slim just got a bit of excess skin in their abdomen uh and maybe uh, you know just having a tummy tuck whether it be a full or a mini um whereas other people will have a bit more fullness there a bit more skin there maybe a bit on the sides on the hips Maybe need a bit of liposuction on the hips. You know, that's a, a potentially a bigger operation than the first one. Similarly, with the breast, you might just do breast implants, which takes about an hour, or you might be doing something like a breast reduction or a breast lift or a breast lift with implants. All of those are sort of two and a half, three hours. So if you're at the lower end of the ops that you're having, so if you're having like breast implants and a smaller tummy tuck, either a mini tummy tuck or a smaller full tummy tuck then maybe you could combine that with an arm lift. But I think in general terms, an arm lift and a breast procedure and a tummy procedure would probably be pushing it, Amy. I'm going to say, I think it would be pushing it. And certainly at the moment where we are still a bit twitched about length of time of surgery, although we are coming out of that and there are green shoots of recovery, as they say, looking in terms of the length of surgery that we can do. But I think, Amy, that's a lot to be doing a mummy makeover and an arm lift, uh, at the same time i think that'd be a lot here you go i'm booked in at the end of the month i feel i'm going to need uh a full mummy makeover and lipo i've lost around five stone well done you amy what's the secret tell us all the secret um so i think i think yeah so yeah a full mummy so maybe it's a bit not much to have your arms done at the same time amy i would say and also not, not to mention, you know, it's it's a lot for you. The reason it's a bit much, it's a lot for you, for your body, you know, to be having all those cuts and scars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, um, Lowry J 22 on Instagram has said, sorry, I have a question about breast reduction. Is it possible to have a reduction and a small high profile implant for the bust? Sorry if it's a silly question. Uh, no, less of the sorry's Larry J 22. I'm a bit of questions. Now did I get round to this Lowry J22? Cuz I didn't mean to do a write about this. You know what? Now you now you mentioned it. I don't think I did, did I? That was definitely my next blog post. Plus minus technique, whatever you want to call it. Um there is a technique where people do this Lowry J22 where where they do I did write about it, didn't I? Oh man. Anyway, Sorry, I'll check afterwards. Um, look at the blog, see if it's on the blog. But anyway, there is a technique where people talk about doing um, a reduction and then adding an implant uh, for fullness. It is not a silly question because the one of the limitations of a breast reduction, now a breast reduction does include a breast lift with it. That is standard part of a breast reduction. But one of the limitations of breast reduction uh, and breast lift is that whilst they're full to start with, they do settle. Um, And some people want a fuller look that you can get with a breast reduction or a breast lift. So even if you're having a breast lift, they do settle to what I say is a more natural result. But it does settle in the upper part of the breast. And some people say, I want to be fuller. The only way really in my hands to get fuller is to have a breast, uh, is to have an implant. So I think that is a valid thing to say, look, I want to be fuller. I want to have more fullness in the upper part. Therefore, I want an implant that is a valid sort of um, connection to make that, you know, you want you want the implant to to give you that fullness. The problem comes because implants make them bigger, obviously. So the problem comes when they're already too big because you want a reduction. So what you're saying there is what, as I say, some people do do propose, which is over reducing and then adding volume back with an implant so that that is some that is a technique for that very reason to give you that fullness now it doesn't sit well with me i'll be honest with you full disclosure it doesn't sit well with me because i don't like the thought of taking volume away and then putting it back in taking natural breast tissue away and then putting it back in the form of an implant i do use a lot of implants and i'm not negative i'm not anti-implants obviously because i use a lot of implants, but. If I can talk someone out of having an implant, or if we can get, you know, a result without using an implant, I would say to you, it's better not to use an implant. You know, is it better to have an implant or not? Well, not basically, because implants can give you problems in the long term. Now, the problems are rare. You know, they they are rare, but they're there, and they can be a nuisance. You can get rippling, you can get capsular contracture, you can get uh, rupture. You can get ALCL, that very rare cancer associated with implants, Uh, breast implant illness. So there are lots of things. They're all very rare, but they're there and there's something to worry about if you do choose to have implants. So I would say have implants if you're smaller because I think implants are the best way to make them bigger. But if you're having implants just to give you a bit of fullness up there, I'm not sure if it's worth it. Now, it's not my body. It's your body. So you have to do what you feel comfortable with. But I would probably, and what I do is I talk to people more like saying, look, do you know what? Why don't we just do a reduction, see what you think about the shape? You may not be completely happy with the shape. You may have wanted it to be fuller. But as long as you're aware of what can be achieved and you're not... um, And you're going into it with your eyes open and say, look, you know, I know it's not going to be maybe quite as full as I'd like, but I understand that I need an implant for that. And those implants has has potential for complications. You know, you might accept that compromise and it is a compromise. It's always a compromise. You might not, you might say, you know what, I don't, I'm not accepting a compromise. I want the shape I want. Well, that's fine, but you're going to need to take on the risks and complications associated with the implant. And as I say, I don't like the thought of taking away healthy breast tissue and adding an implant. It just doesn't sit good to sit well with me. But anyway, it's definitely a technique and it's definitely out there. So it's definitely something people do, you know, probably not your first port of call if you want that technique, because I'm, I'm I'm probably going to say to you what I just said to you there and uh, be a bit more like, oh, you know, why don't you just have the lift? Oh, sorry, the reduction and see what you think. So maybe you want to find someone who maybe does is a bit more of a proponent of that technique because, you uh, that ain't me. But, uh, yeah, I was just, get, I've, I've been asked that quite a lot recently. So maybe I should, uh, I mean, we need to write about it. But uh, thanks for reminding me there, Lowry. Jay, so what we got? Natty, hey, gee, gee, my scars are quite raised at the moment. I know it's only a week post-op and I know it's a silly worry. Not a silly worry, Natty. Not a silly worry. But don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, scars being raised are a thing. And something we worry about in terms of what we would call hypertrophic scars. But hypertrophic scars are something that happens weeks, actually, probably months down the line. So in a week, don't worry. And actually, the way that we suture is we evert the wound. We try and make the wound like that. Invert the wound edges, yeah? Because you want the maximum contact for the maximum healing. So sometimes wounds can look potentially can look quite erased. But actually, that's a good closure. So you want a closure where it's everted. You certainly don't want it inverted. Because if you have it inverted, that's skin on skin. So if you've heard of people who, you know, I sometimes see people have a mole or something like that, mole, mole that stitches taken out, and then it dehisses, it opens up, and they think, oh, it's because I coughed or because I did this or because I did that. It may be because you coughed or because you did that or because it was closed tight. But it may be that the wound edges were inverted. If the wound edges were inverted, when you take the stitches out, that's just skin to skin. that's not gonna heal. So you need to evert your wound edges. And it's actually quite difficult to do when you're suturing. One of the, you know, when when you first start doing plastic surgery, one of the first things you do is you learn how to suture. And that involves, you know, making sure that you're everting those, uh, that wound. And uh, it actually, when you start doing it, it can look quite awkward as a surgeon the, the way you do it and um you know if you're if you're sort of in a&e and you're stitching someone's arm up or something you might want to look slick Ooh, i know what i'm doing you know but actually if you try and put the the, the in properly you have to really get that that needle back down at 90 degrees and then pull the skin up and evert, so your wound is everted so um so basically don't worry natty a week uh, i think it's fine but if you are worried hold on a minute you're worry- so how can you see your stitch? So presumably Vicky's taking the dressing off today then, presumably. So what did Vicky say? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, send us a photo. Then I thought you still got your dressings on, but you obviously haven't because you can see your scarf. So anyway, um, send us a photo or just ask Vicky because she saw it today. And uh, Vicky knows what's what. But yeah, if they're a bit like that, it's not a bad thing. Sophie Sinclair says, good evening. Good evening, Sophie. Lovely to see you here. Um, what we get? we got Danny, where in comparison to a C-section scar would a mini tummy tuck scar be? And are they similar in size? Um, Danny, it will be in the same place as a uh, C-section scar. So when we do a mini tummy tuck, when you've got a C-section and it's quite common for people to have a C-section is we go just below it, just below your C-section and uh, cut out your C-section scar and then then do your mini tummy tuck. So you, you end up the aim is for the scar to be in the same or similar place as your C-section, but it's usually a bit longer. So it is usually a bit longer. A mini tummy tuck scar is longer than a C-section scar, um, but in a, in a similar place. Dr. KTK hashtag Ask JJ, you're listening, guys. Dr. KTK is in there. What are we? 20 minutes in. First person to get the hashtag in. Come on, team. You can do better. You can do better. You could do better than that. Anyway, well done, Doctor KTK. Thank you for that, um, Doctor. What is your view on the injections used to use fat for areas of stubborn fat like double chins? Burn. 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 What is your view on the injections used to use fat? Oh, burn. Burn fat. Is it instead of burn fat for areas of stubborn fat like double chins? Um, I don't know, Dr. KTK. I mean, it's an area I don't know anything about, so I'm not – I don't know. Sorry. I don't know if they're good or bad. It sounds a bit – so what, you inject and it and it burns – what? Injections to burn the fat? Sounds – doesn't sound good to me, Dr. KTK. To be honest with you, I'm bordering on layman's uh, knowledge on this because I really don't know anything about it. Um, but it doesn't – I mean, how – the worry is like when you do liposuction, where, you know, you suck a, uh, liposucker in and try and take the fat out from areas, wherever it may be, you worry about the contouring and the shape. You know, you have to feather it and you have to make a nice shape. So injection, how can you control which fat that, you know, you, surely that's going to give you dense and lumpiness, I would imagine. But uh, again, it's like anything. I'd say, look, find someone who's doing it. If someone's doing this sort of thing and they're getting good results. And it's an acceptable treatment. I don't. I don't know if it is an acceptable treatment. To be honest, I want to be careful what I say. here. Yeah? I don't want to be condoning some. I never know what condoning is. Condoning means supporting it or going against it. If you condone violence, does that mean you go against it, or you don't condone? Condone. Anyway, whatever. Let's not use the word condone. Let's just say I don't want to be supporting something that's a dodgy treatment. It sounds like a dodgy treatment to me. To, to be honest with you. But I shouldn't say that because I don't know anything about it. So there might be some very reputable people out there doing it, getting great results, in which case, great. But uh, sorry, sorry, Dr. KTK. Thanks for the hashtag. Sorry I haven't answered that question very well at all, have I? Let's move on, shall we? I'm losing followers. I'm losing followers. <laughs> I don't think I am. I don't think I need to start off. Anyway, no, no. 9 and 5. Oh, four. I did lose one. Damn, I shouldn't have said that. So I'll come back. I can't talk it right now. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate your feedback. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's exactly the appearance. I feel better for mentioning it. Vicky was pleased. There you go. Um apparently injections are local and subcutaneous and achieve fat burning. Sounds a little bit I would worry about how well you can contour it with an injection, because it's hard enough to contour it with a with a uh with a with a liposucker. A chemical that metabolizes fat, very odd. Yeah yeah i mean it sounds good dr katie i mean if it if it you know what much as surgery is the thing that i've spent all my life trying well not all my life but you know ages trying to you know work out how to do if there's stuff that you can do without surgery fantastic i am you know contrary to perhaps popular opinion i am absolutely all for it this non-surgical liposuction you know the so, you know, there's that stuff you can put on top to burn, to, to heat the fat and to cool the fat and to radio frequency the fat and all sorts of things to sort of put on the body to sort of um, to destroy the fat without needing to put a liposucker in. In principle, I am all for that. You know, if you can do something which doesn't involve sticking a you know, a, a tube in and sucking it out and all the complications in terms of anesthetic and stuff, I am 100% all for that. So, if there is something on the injection thing, if it's you know less risks and gets the same result or, or you know acceptable results, let me know I'll be all over it I'd, I'd be happy just to do little subcut injections. I'd be very happy to honest with you I've done surgery, done that been there, done that it's subcutaneous injections that'll that'll, that'll do me from now on, but I'm not convinced now Mary marima asley. Marima Asli has asked again. to me in my live. Shall I just say yes? Do you want to? Does that mean you want to be split screen with me? Have you got a question, Marima Asli? Marima Marimina Asli. If you got a question? I'll, I'll, we can do split screen, but I don't want to press yes and then you go like oh it's gone. All oh, right, you didn't. Oh, I don't want to just appear in your living room for all seven people to see. Then you might be a bit embarrassed. I'm used to it now. People coming into my living room. Well, that's the office study right um what we got i'll tell you what we got my mole i've had since a child has suddenly become itchy should i be worried um yeah yeah now i say be worried maybe maybe being worried is probably the wrong thing should i seek help yes you should seek help I mean, you can't mess about with moles. I mean, we worry about melanoma. Melanoma is a bad skin cancer. Uh, So we, we worry about moles that are changing. So what we normally say to people is to look out for a change in your moles. So a change means if it starts bleeding, if it starts itching, if it changes in size, that means bigger or smaller. If it changes in shape. If you get anything like a halo around the outside or other little moles around it, you know, these sorts of changes are things that you need to seek help. Now, it doesn't mean it's definitely a melanoma. It doesn't mean it's definitely gone bad. So I don't think you should worry in that respect. I don't think you should think, oh, my God, I've got a melanoma. But I do think you should get it looked at. And sometimes people say, you know, we say, look, if it bleeds, if it itches, you know, if it changes in size, all these things, then, you know, you know, you've got to get it checked out and you'll come and we'll have a look at it. So, yeah, that's fine. And you'd be like, yeah, but you just told me if it changes in size, shape and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If it does those things, get it checked out. We're not saying it's a melanoma definitely just because it's changed in size or just because it's itched or just because it's bled. doesn't mean it's a melanoma. Other normal benign moles can sometimes do these things. You can catch it, scratch it, bleed, you know, um, sometimes it gets a bit itchy, you know, they, they can be a bit raised. So they can change in size. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's a melanoma just because one of those things has happened, but it does mean that you should get it checked out. Now, that means you can come and see us, no problem at all. Or you can go and see a GP um, who will you know, be able to give you an idea of what's what. Um, but if a, if, a, if a mold has changed in any way, so in this case become itchy, yes, I think you should get it checked out and depending on where it is and um uh, and, and the size of it you know it's often a case of just saying look should we just do an incision biopsy should we just take it off and then and then we know what's what but you know sometimes we can say look it's clearly fine um nothing to worry about but yeah how do i know if i need either a mini or a full tummy tuck um well you ask the surgeon you know i mean i think i think there's a lot of this nowadays People sort of, and I guess it's only going to get, you know, I suppose worse is the wrong word. It's only going to get more common for people to come requesting treatments, you know, like fat dissolving injection or mini tummy tuck or things. But really, to be honest with you, as a patient, your job is to say what result you want, what you're trying to achieve, what the problem is and what you're trying to achieve. And then our job as doctors is to know about all the available options okay i didn't know about the fat injections but anyway is to know about all the available options and then to make a balanced decision on what's right for you to give you advice about what might be right for you so i don't think you need to worry too much about thinking should i have a mini tummy tuck or a full tummy tuck how do i know it's like saying i'm unhappy with my tummy So I need to go and see someone to see what is the best thing for that. And, you know, some people are not candidates for a full tummy tuck. If you can't get the skin closed from above there to down there, you're not candidate for it. So if you haven't got much skin, you haven't got much excess, you might not be a candidate for a full tummy tuck. And that's something we probably need to assess in the the clinic. Um, If you are a candidate for a full tummy tuck, then I guess you could have, you know, Pretty much anyone could have a mini tummy tuck. You know, you could have nothing. I mean, a mini tummy tuck will do more than nothing, but not as much as a full tummy tuck. So it depends on how much you want to achieve. So it's, it's really something you need as a discussion with a surgeon. And we can say to you, look, you know what, a mini tummy tuck, I mean, a mini tummy tuck basically addresses the lower abdomen, below the belly button. So it addresses a, a, a fullness below the belly button. It doesn't really do anything to the sides. It doesn't do anything to anything above the belly button. So you can't repair the muscles and it doesn't do anything to any relax, uh, uh, slack skin or fullness in the upper abdomen. A full tummy tuck will uh, go all the way above the belly button, will will tighten the skin across the whole of the abdomen um, and, and further out to the sides. And at the same time, it is possible to repair the muscles with a full tummy tuck. Um, it doesn't do a great deal to the hips and flanks, which can be addressed with liposuction, which can, can be combined with a full tummy tuck. So it depends on what sort of results you're trying to achieve, uh, and it depends on how much laxity you've got. So really, I would say the answer to that is, you know, don't. You, you're not expected to go to a doctor, to a surgeon, knowing whether you need a full or a mini tummy tuck. You know, it's good to do research and see what's what's out there, but to Get advice from a from a surgeon who's two does million full tummy tucks is what I would say to you on that one. Do textured implants have a slower rate of capsular contraction? compared to what compared to smooth implants? Yes. So smooth implants are sort of like glassy smooth, and what happens is the scar tissue forms around that implant, and then when it contracts, as it always does. So everybody with implants has scar tissue forming around it, has a capsule. That's normal. That's the body's reaction to having an implant put in. And in time, that capsule contracts. Now, if you have a textured implant, that surface is not glassy smooth, it's rough. And there's two types, there's micro and macro-textured. Macro-textured is more rough than a than a micro-textured. The rougher it is, the more it breaks up that scar tissue around the implant so that when it contracts, it doesn't contract as a sheet. It contracts in different directions. And then above that is a polyurethane implant, which has got a foam coating where the scar tissue actually grows into the foam in all three different directions. And so when that contracts, it's much less likely to go hard. So a, a polyurethane implant has the slowest rate of capsule contracture. A textured implant has is is second, and then a smooth implant is is third. Um, you can put micro-textured in between textured and smooth, but yeah, the the more rough they are, the less the, or the longer it takes for the capsule to to harden. So the less the rate of capsular contracture. But ALCL, that type of cancer associated with implants, very rare, but it seems to be related to the roughness. So it's the flip side with the ALCL. It's more common with the rougher implants than the smooth ones. So it's a balance. But uh, yeah. Um, Danny, what you got? I've got a consultation with you the end of this month. I know you have stopped doing money makeovers recently. Have they started again now? Danny, good question sort of okay sorry about that um so they have sort of started again danny it's it's sort of a case by case basis really so it's not a carte blanche but yes is the answer it's 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 relaxed and there they, there is scope to be doing combined to to tentatively start doing combined procedures, Danny. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, is the answer. Sort of. So hopefully it stays that way, and we'll be able to carry on. If I get pregnant, would I need to have my implants removed? No. No, not at all. Fine to get pregnant, fine to breastfeed, assuming you could breastfeed before. Uh, having implants is not going to affect your ability to breastfeed is absolutely no problem. So absolutely don't worry about it at all. If you've got implants in and you're thinking of getting pregnant, do not worry about it at all. The only time it becomes an issue is if you haven't got implants in and you're thinking of having implants in and you're thinking you're getting pregnant. I would say to you wait until you've finished your family, because having children can affect the size and shape of your breasts. They can droop, they can get bigger, they can get smaller. So so I would say wait. So if you but if you've already done the, if you've already pulled the trigger and you've already got implants in, well then, well, yeah, getting pregnant can affect the size of your breasts and the shape of your breast, but what are you going to do? Just, you know, see what happens, that's what I would say. Don't worry about it. See what happens and, um, you know, it might be fine, it might not, and you might need something doing, but you definitely don't need your implants removed, not at all. No, 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 no. People worry about silicone in the implants, but there's silicone in those little plastic teats, you know, for the bottle. Um, So don't worry about that. How long post-breast surgery can I have a bath? Um, So, usually slash always well yeah you'll have a dressing on for a week and depending on what breast surgery so breast implants i do put a waterproof dressing on um whereas breast lifts and breast reductions it's not waterproof so breast implants you can not have a bath but have a shower uh early you know straight off with breast reduction and lift you have like tapes on so you can maybe sit in a shallow bath but you don't really want to get the tapes wet After a week, the dressings will come off. To be honest with you, it's probably better to have a shower after a week because you don't want to be sort of um, sitting in a bath, like like, sort of, you know, if you've got a bit of an ooze and that's, you know, staying in the water. So um, if there is a bit of an ooze or the wound's not quite sort of fully healed, I would go with showers where it's constant water. So maybe two weeks, three weeks depends on how long it takes for that ooze to settle before you can have a bath. I mean, if it's all dry as a bone at one week, then yeah, you can, but maybe two or three weeks, probably safer, and maybe do showers until then, in general terms, that's what I was saying.
1: What we got here,
0: what's going on, what have I missed? Have I missed stuff, I don't know, what have I missed stuff? Here we go, Danny, I've got, oh no, I've done that one. I missed Danny, oh, Meg. Do you recommend taking Arnica to help with bruising? Mm. Well, no, that sounds bad, doesn't it, no. I don't recommend it, Megs, but a lot of people say it's good. So I don't sort of not recommend it. I don't, what's the opposite of recommending it? I don't like, you know, warn people against it. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and I've been thinking about recommending it, to be honest with you. <clears throat> the thing is, I don't get much bruising, but occasionally you get someone who gets bruising and says about Arnica and things, and I think, oh, crikey, maybe I should have told them before. I don't know. So I don't think it does any harm, Megs um so whilst i don't recommend it if someone says should i you know can i take arnica i'll be like yeah of course you can yeah take arnica that's fine so you know don't recommend it but by all means the reason i don't recommend it is because as i say bruising is not a massive problem i bruise terribly well if you bruise terribly megs go for it yeah go for it and as i say maybe i'll be interested to know if it helps because if it does help maybe i should be recommending it to everybody amy maddox nine how long is that's annoying amy maddox is there eight others who got a on the instagram name before you how annoying is that how long is the wait roughly from having consultation to the procedure uh well amy it depends on what it is so if it's a mole removal we do the procedures there and then if it's a bigger op like a breast reduction or you know ga case like a tummy tuck or something then it is um what were we saying i think we were saying we're booking june maybe or july what are we now april may june couple of months i think i don't really know to be honest i think it's that I'll, t- I'll be honest with you amy i've got enough on trying to get these operations right and worrying about all that stuff um i've got no idea when the when the next operating list is and stuff no idea i haven't got a scooby-doo but um megan and nicola and all that at the clinic they're all they're all over it they know they could tell you bang on to the day the next list i bet i'm going to say a couple of months Amy, should we just say a a couple of months leave it at that if you want to be specific if if you're really interested get on the blower or or instagram me and megan will pick it up and say it will be you know next list is whatever sorry I, i don't know more accurately uh what's hannah risoda got to say hannah Rasoda, hello can i ask how you correct asymmetry with implants thanks um well hannah risoda um you use a sizer hannah and the first thing is everybody's got a bit of an asymmetry everybody like 100 of people and so if it's a significant asymmetry and I'm thinking is that, and the question is, is it enough for different size implants? Because the problem is the implants come like, you know, 200, 240, 275, 315, you know, they, they don't come like every, every, um, every size, you know, it's not infinite the sizes. They come like with, you know, 30, 40, 50 cc's between them. So, uh, Sometimes you worry that if you put a bigger implant in the smaller breast, it'll make it too big. So what I would normally do is, I normally personally I choose to put an implant in one breast. I choose one. I so say I'm going to put that implant in the one, and then I'm going to use a sizer in the other to see. So a sizer is like an implant, but it's a it's a it's a throwaway one sort of thing um, to see and think. Crikey, that's too big there. Let's go a size down or something. You know, so um, so if you can picture it, so if you've got, let's just say 240, so you put a 240 in one and let's just say you had an inflatable sizer. They used to be inflatable sizes. They don't do inflatable ones anymore. But let's just say you had an inflatable one and you inflated it and you got to 254 cc's and it's perfect. 254 is perfect. Now, the problem is I've got another 240 or a 270. I haven't got a two hundred and fifty-four cc implant, so I got to decide whether I put another two hundred and forty in, and it, it'll be a bit small, or I put two hundred and seventy, and it'll be big, two bit, you know, bigger than the other one. So that's what we're up against, Hannah. We're up against an, an imprecise science. So that's what what we do. We use sizes in theatre to see, to judge, but it's all what I say to people is there's always going to be an asymmetry. You know, and even if you put different size implants in, there might still be an asymmetry. It might still be bigger or it might actually be smaller. You know, the bigger breast might be bigger, still be bigger, or it might be smaller than the other one. But we're trying to balance things up and we're trying to make it better. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it better, but it probably will still be asymmetrical. The other thing I'd say, Hannah, is that when you have an asymmetry, even if you use the same size implants, the um, asymmetry gets swallowed up a bit. And actually, it's better. So a lot of people don't even realize it got an asymmetry. I always point it out because I don't want to be blamed for it afterwards. But if you don't even realize it pre-op, you know, often when you make them bigger, it swallows it up a bit. The example I give: if you think about it, if you've got a, if you've got one breast that's 50 cc's in volume and one breast that's 100 cc's in volume, so one breast is twice as big as the other. If you put 400 cc implants in, you'll have 450 cc's and 500. So the difference will just be 50 cc's. So it's only 10%. So before you had any implants in, it was 100%. One breast was twice as big as the other. But when you put 400 cc implants in, one's 450, one's 500, it's only 10%. So proportionally, the difference is less, even though the absolute difference is the same. Don't want to get too technical. Don't want to get too mathsy here. Not what we're here for. But basically, we're just trying to make asymmetries better. But there'll always be something to be of asymmetry, bottom line. But, uh, yeah, that's how we do it, Hannah. That's how I do it. That's how I it. most people do it, I assume. I don't know. Anyway, that's how I do it. Um, Bath, we've done that one. Oh, my God, I'm on the last one. I'm on the last one, guys. So get your thinking caps on and get your questions in, because this guy is on his last question, OK? Um when can i drive post surgery will prescribed medication stop me from driving again um kind of depends on the op so i'm assuming it's a big op i mean let's be realistic it's probably going to be a you know like a ga case or a bigger case but um, but just 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 for just to uh, what do they what do they say just to tail it off anyway um for smaller ops and minor ops so Strictly speaking, for minor ops under local anaesthetic, so if you're having a mole removed, strictly speaking, you shouldn't drive for 24 hours after the after the local anaesthetic. That's what they say on the um, on the on the stuff on the local anaesthetic. So um, that's for 24 hours. But um, that, that, that's the local anaesthetic. But I think for, for if I'm assuming we're talking about sort of breast augmentations and things like that. So it is a good question to ask because you don't really want to be driving to the hospital and then thinking, "Hold on a minute, how am I going to get home?" So you really want to be not driving home. And um, it depends on how, well, first of all, prescribed medication will not stop you from driving because the medication that I I um, suggest after surgery is usually ibuprofen and paracetamol, which is not even prescription medication. We can give you stronger ones like cocodemol coding phosphate, you know, chididrimol, but I normally say to people to avoid those if you can. So uh, that is not going to stop you. The medication is not going to stop you. Um, the thing that will stop you is surgery. So I normally say that, um, but it's really what it is obviously a breast augmentation is less than a breast reduction, for instance, and a breast augmentation on top of the muscle is less than a breast augmentation under the muscle. But after a week, for some cases, like maybe a breast augmentation on top of the muscle, for instance, possibly one under the muscle, you may well be able to drive after a week. It's hard to be too specific to everybody because everybody's different. So I would probably say to be safe, say two weeks, if it's a bigger op, like a tummy tuck or a bigger breast reduction, that might be three weeks. Now, they might, you might need to check with the insurance company because they might have a set view that it's got to be three weeks after surgery or something. Or they might say it's up to the doctor, in which case, you know, we'll see you at the dressing clinic at one week. And as I say, two weeks is sort of normally safe. But for bigger ops like uh, tummy tucks and bigger breast reductions, three weeks might be safer. But as I say, everyone's different. So it's hard to be too um, prescriptive on that. Hannah's given me a thumbs up. Thank you, Hannah, as has Amy and Megs. Thank you. I do acknowledge those things. But I'm not supposed to acknowledge them while I'm answering the question, because I've been told off that that sounds um, uh, distracting when I say, oh, thank you, Megs. Thank you, Amy, halfway through the answer. So I've got to try and train myself not to do that, because uh, we're all learning, aren't we, learning learning process. Katie Sarah, how long do you have to wear the pre-op bra for after BA? Not a pre-op bra, Katie. It's a post-op bra. Pre-op would be before. So uh, in my hands, four weeks, um, sometimes six weeks for a teardrop implant, but but four weeks, broadly speaking, uh, day and night. Now, um, if we're going to get some sunshine, although it's been snowing today, would you believe? But if we are going to get some sunshine, sometimes people think, oh, thank God for that. Let me get into a normal bra. But if it's uh, not, if weather's not really you know, great and sometimes people quite like it and they want to wear it for longer, that's absolutely fine, you can wear it for longer. Things will be swollen, things will be uncomfortable, the shape won't be quite right for a few months. It takes a few months, really. It takes about three months for, before things really start to settle. So, um, but I think it's quite a big deal to say wear the bra for three months. So I normally say four to six weeks uh, and then see how yeah, you go and you can start wearing normal bras. And if you're wearing a normal bra and it hurts and it swells, then go back to the uh, supported post-op bra. So a month is normal. Sorry about the uh, hound in the background. So um, they're watching a movie, apparently. So um, if there's no other questions, I'll go and see what they're watching and perhaps I will join them. But if there are questions, I'm very happy to answer them. I'll tell you what, if you've got a question, what you can do is you can. um, Thank you. Thank you, Katie. What you can do is you can message me and I'll answer it and we can do it next week if you want next week. I think, yeah, next week, yeah. That should be good. Um, So, happy Easter. Sorry, I haven't said that. Happy Easter, everybody. Hope you had a lovely Easter weekend. Um, And I will see you same time, same place, 7 p.m., Tuesday night. Get your questions in. Thank you for those questions tonight. Thank you for interacting, everybody. Uh, Amy, Hannah, Katie, Megs, Danny. You name it. Dr. Katie, Natty, you know, thank you all um, for Lowry J. Don't forget Lowry. J. <laughs> shouldn't want to start. I don't want to miss anyone out. Anyway, that's fine. Thank you all for your comments and suggestions. Stay safe, Jackie. Big up yourself. Staunch support to keeping the numbers up. I'm going to check myself out and go and see what film they're watching. And until next time, I will see you again. If you have a question not covered in today's show, then send it over to info at using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.